Hello, and welcome to this APQC Knowledge Management Podcast. My name is Ken Heyman, and I'm a research specialist in the Research Services Department here at APQC. I'm pleased to be joined today by APQC Executive Director Cindy Hubert and KM Research Program Manager Lonely Trees. Over a series of KM podcasts, we'll address 10 common barriers to knowledge sharing and how you can address them in order to encourage participation and engagement in KM tools and approaches. So in thinking about an organization's culture, one recognized barrier to knowledge sharing is having misaligned measures. What do measures refer to? So I think most people know what measures are on a base level, but just to provide a little bit of context for this conversation, I think it's helpful to think about the different categories of measures. So you have activity measures. What are we doing? What's happening within the context? Process measures. So how effectively or efficiently are we doing those things? And then you have outcome measures. So what's the result of those activities and the processes that you have going on? And one thing that I want to highlight here is just the role that measures play in shaping the organizational culture and the core values of the organization. You have value statements, you put your core values out there, but really how you measure business performance, team performance, and individual performance has a huge impact on you know, how people see the organization and their role within it and what they should be doing on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Lauren, and I want to go back to your categories of measures. If you think about the activity measures, the process efficiency measures, and business performance measures, and you think about in four quadrants, you begin to see a balanced scorecard. And that's very important for any knowledge management program that you look across these dimensions because it gives you an idea of not only what kind of impact you're having on a process, on a business outcome, but it also tells you about the health of your program. Are people participating? Do you have the quality of participation that you need in a community of practice? And so those are very important for different levels of audiences. We've talked about sponsorship before. They want to see the impact that it's having. KM program leaders want to be able to see, are people participating? That's the holy grail inside of knowledge and knowledge sharing culture. So that's always, it's very good. The other piece for a dashboard, and I think it's important to mention here, where, wherever you are in your knowledge management journey, we've seen stories are so powerful as part of that measurement process. So stories bring the dashboard alive because they talk about what people did, what they saw as a result of that activity, and what it might have led to, good or, good or bad. Many programs started with something bad happening and knowledge transfer coming in and helping all of that. So I just think it's important to recognize the fact that measures take on, as you said, they can be complex, but we try to keep it very simple and, and empower people with the stories that come with well, and narratives are what people remember. Absolutely. But on the other side, if all you have is narrative and stories yeah. and you're not actually measuring, especially when it comes to business outcomes, then you can get into trouble there too. You Absolutely. need both pieces. Absolutely. Balance. Okay. So barriers to knowledge sharing may occur when performance measures for individuals, teams, or groups conflict with desired knowledge sharing behaviors. Can you provide some examples of that? 
Ken, that's such a loaded question. But yes, I think, Lauren, I can tackle this quite well. So one of the things we see, first of all, is that before knowledge sharing and transfer ever enters the scene is that you've got some competition set up between business units. And so laying over a knowledge management approach to that is going to keep that competitive piece there. So the first thing you've got to do is really tackle and understand how to keep things Healthy competition is always good, but you don't want your knowledge sharing activities to support or encourage that continued competition. You want it to help break down. So it's important to look at how knowledge sharing, how knowledge transfer is going to help the entire system, not just one part of a business system. Um, That's the first one. And that itself, your measures can create that structural barrier. So it's important to recognize that before you ever begin thinking about the knowledge management component. Yeah, I mean, if if Cindy and I are being measured in direct competition to one Mm -hmm. another, you Mm -hmm. know, if you have the North American business division and I have the European business division and we're being bonused on how well we're doing in comparison to one another, then if I have a great way of doing something, I do not want to share it with you. Absolutely. There's a huge competitive piece in, in knowledge that perception of knowledge is power we know still exists because people get fearful for what may happen if they give their knowledge and share. What does our CEO, Carlo Del say these days? Your knowledge is old. And if it used to be 24 hours. I think she'd say 24 minutes. Today. <laughs> you better get it out there. Let it grow. Get to different people. Add value. So creating that environment where you have um, that teaming view and it's it's there's individual measures, because we at APQC believe that's important for people to have performance goals, but then to also have those performance goals tie into helping the whole of our organization, and that's important. Yeah, I think the way that I was thinking about this, if if your measures are entirely selfish and self-directed, then don't be surprised when you turn around and your employees act selfishly about their knowledge. Absolutely. Um, You know, another example that I was thinking about in terms of misaligned measures is if people are measured entirely on their percentage of billable time, for example, or time spent Mm -hmm. on projects. And there's no way for them to bill time spent sharing knowledge, you know, transferring a best practice to another team. You know, um, if none of that, if that's all just admin time, you know, you can't bill it to anywhere, you can't account for it in any way, then that's another way in which your measures are probably going to get misaligned with the behaviors that you're trying to prompt. I think that's great, Lauren. And you know, the other thing I just thought of is don't try to start putting measures in until you understand what desired behaviors you want. Because you may want things like accountability, transparency, visibility into things, flexibility. You may want that type of behavior, people to emulate that, but you're going to have to recognize it so you put the appropriate measures in place. I think that's a, that's a really important thing too. Well, and when it comes to a knowledge management implementation, some of the worst measures that you can put in place is, I want you to capture 20 lessons learned from every project step because it just creates junk in the system. You want people to be 
generating content and contributing, but you want there to be quality and you want them to be making some kind of evaluation about whether something is worth sharing, not just trying to get to their quota. Yeah, you bring up a good point too. Don't just measure one part of your knowledge flow process. You need to not only measure the capture, you need to measure the sharing aspect, the transfer aspect, and the use aspect. So all of those get created within your cycle of knowledge flow. Yeah, I mean, I think Accenture is a good example of that. They, when somebody puts out a blog post, they're not measured on how many blog posts they create, but how many people read those blog posts, how many people comment on them, how many people are able to reuse the knowledge that people contribute. So looking at those, that holistic package. Peer, peer recognition, peer approval, peer, peer to peer. Yeah. So last question for today, and you've already started uh, touching on these, but can you offer some additional ways to create well-aligned measures? So I I think we've already started touching on Mm -hmm. this, but yeah, yeah, we always jump to solutions, right? We can't just talk about the barrier. (laughs) But I think there's two ways to look at this. The first is from a knowledge management, knowledge sharing perspective, and making sure that that isn't that knowledge sharing behaviors are incorporated into the broader performance measurement system. And we've talked a little bit about that so that when people go in for their annual review or their quarterly review, their managers are asking them some questions about how they have contributed to the larger whole and shared knowledge and that that's a component on which they're being measured. And, but I also think you have to move beyond that picture of incorporating those behaviors into the measures to address some of these broader issues around how you measure overall team and business performance and whether that measurement system promotes knowledge transfer and sharing at that meta level. So if a team spends a lot of time transferring something great or they create something that three other teams are able to run with and reuse and decrease their cycle time, is it just those teams who reuse the knowledge, the recipients of the knowledge who benefit in the measures? Or is there some accountability for the contributor of the knowledge, the source of the knowledge to get some benefit within the measurement system. Absolutely. One of the most powerful things I saw very early on in my career in KM was with Schlumberger and in their InTouch program where their well-filled services, one of the best knowledge and best practices brought to bear on customers and clients' problems in the field. And a powerful thing happened when senior leaders started going to the field and recognizing the power of that asset, those knowledge assets, and asked the questions of, have you, oh, you solved this problem. Did you get the information from our in-touch system, our knowledge base? Oh, you didn't. Well, did you make this up or recreate the wheel? And it sort of kills, a, you know, a bird, two birds with one stone because you get the sponsorship and the behavior recognition of the leadership that they are realizing the value and enforcing that with people who are participating. And that's a very powerful thing to help incent people to contribute and to use it. Yeah, not all measures are numbers. Some of them are tied into these concepts of reward and recognition and visibility to senior leaders and having senior leaders come around and ask the right questions. And that's 
I think what we mean when we talk about how the measures drive the values of the organization. Absolutely. And then finally, I think you've got those organizations, and we have a lot of them, that have made career progression part of the knowledge sharing system. For those who participate, there's advancement. Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you both for your insightful conversation on this topic. We'll look forward to future CAM podcasts where we address other barriers to knowledge sharing. If anyone would like to learn more on this subject, we invite you to visit the APQC website, www.apqc.org. Thanks for listening.